you have your Bibles, let's take it and open it to the book of Ephesians, chapter 6. We're in the last chapter together of this great epistle. And um, today we're going to study uh, the section on parenting, um, parenting and a child's responsibility to their parents. And um, so verses 1 to 3 deals with the children, and verse 4 deals with the, the fathers specifically, but by implication also the mothers, which we will study in depth as well. So let's read together um, Ephesians 6 from verse 1. Ephesians 6 from verse 1 says, Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and your mother. This is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. This is the reading of God's word. Let's pray. Father, we come to you. We ask for your grace and your mercy. Um, Lord, we pray that you would teach us how to honor our parents, how to obey our parents. Um, Lord, I know many of us are outside of the home. But Father, please come and show us your will, your will and your word, how to obey these verses even outside of the home. Give me grace, Lord, to be clear and to glorify your name, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, I wonder who of you could relate to the following scenario story. It's a Friday night at my house, and my brother and I have been playing some amazing PlayStation. We go just that little bit later to bed than normal, but our plan for Saturday was very simple. Play PlayStation. That was the plan. But before that, the plan was to sleep in. Okay, so first sleeping, then, because I need to be fresh and well-rested to beat my brother, okay? But then, it happened. 7 a.m., which is early for any child, teenager, okay? My dad walks into the room, opens the door, sticks his head into this dark room, and says out loud, Okay, guys, we're cleaning out the garage. I want you there in five minutes. Closes the door, walks away. Outwardly, nothing changed. My brother and I are still quiet in the bed, no noise. But inside, there was a war. There was rage. There was anger. That wasn't my plan. I don't want to do this. This is not fair. Okay, can you relate to something like that? Okay, that's a very unique, specific thing. But let me give you a secret. There was something in those times that really, really helped me, as a, especially as a teenager, okay? Thankfully, even as a teenager, I knew Jesus. I loved him. I wanted to obey him. Not because I was amazing, but because Jesus was amazing and he loved me first. He found me. And the moment I wanted to go pouting or have an attitude with my body language, these words almost played audibly in my mind. Rian, honor your father and your mother. Now I'm wrestling with a different person in my heart, right? Lord, really? Should I? Haven't you seen what he did? He didn't even warn me the day before. This is unfair. If he could have just have told me on Friday, then it would have been so much easier to obey him on Saturday. 
Yes, honor your father and your mother. <laughs> Same reply, boom. Now that helped me what to do, but the Holy Spirit gave me the power to do that, right? The law, the commandments show us how to live, but you need grace and you need the Holy Spirit to actually do it. You can't just do this on your own. This is, the commandments is the road and the Holy Spirit and God's grace is the petrol in the car that helps us to drive. And this is what our text teaches us. It instructs children on their spirit-filled duty in the home. Now, it's amazing that Paul talks directly to the children. Have you noticed that? He, look at verse 1. The first word is, children, obey your parents. He doesn't say, parents, teach your children how to obey, although that is one of the most first basic things you do need to teach. But it says children. It's, he is speaking to the children directly. So this is a sermon for children. If we want to keep the main point of the text, the main point of the sermon, I'm talking to Jordan and Alakai. Are you listening <laughs> in the mother's room? I'm talking to Christine and Janae, right? I'm talking to the children. This is for the children. But don't switch off if you are no longer living with your parents in the home, okay? As we will see, the commandment to honor your father and your mother doesn't go away once you move out of the house. This commandment applies to you for the rest of your life, even after your parents have died. You can still honor your father and your mother. So this is a sermon for all of us. And parents, where this comes very practical for us, is you need to know these verses to know when your child has crossed the line so that you should discipline them. So when they do not do verses 1 to 3, you should say, Okay, now verse 4 kicks in, discipline, father's discipline. Okay, we'll get to that in the following Sundays. Now think of one obvious observation we can make about the fact that Paul addresses the children directly. Remember, this letter was read to the entire congregation. The entire church was gathered together, and Paul says, he writes this letter and he says, children, so the question is, where were the children during the worship service of the early church? What does this passage imply? Where were they seated? Where were they at? This passage implies the children were sitting with their parents in the church. Okay? Did the children understand everything from Ephesians 1 to Ephesians 5? By no means. Not even all the adults understand that, right? <laughs> okay? That's not the point. They were to be part, or at least here, they were part of the worship of God, especially as mom and dad modeled that for them. Now, beloved, this is a side point. This is not the main point, but I think it's an important one for our context today. I love Sunday school, and I think it's a very helpful thing. I think every church should have a Sunday school, but... I do not think it's a helpful practice to remove the children from the service while the parents listen to the sermon. Now, I will not go as far as to say that it's sinful to remove children from the service. I, I don't think the scriptures are that clear, but I think it's unhelpful for the following reasons. Number one, removing children from, pre from the preaching promotes the idea that you must understand everything before you can be part of it. But that's just, I mean, like I just said, not all of you even understand everything that goes on in the service, and that's okay. 
That's not the point of worship. It's not to have full comprehension of everything that happens. It's to gather together to worship our God. Worship is first caught before it is taught. And, I mean, parents take their children to rugby games without them expecting all the rules and understanding what's going on, but they see the worship going on on the stadium, okay? They get excited because mom and dad gets excited. Similarly, parents can teach the importance of worship by including them with them in the service. We're going to church, whether you like it or not, because King Jesus deserves that, right? So that's the first reason. Secondly, I think removing children from the service promotes the idea that if it's boring, it's bad. If it's boring, it's bad. If I'm not having fun in church, I should not do it. I should not go. But the patterns we set early for our children will carry over when they are older. So if church is all about entertainment, when they're older, they're not going to long for the teaching of God's where they're going to want entertainment as well because that's how we train them. Three, it also tends to keep parents immature in their parenting. Now, I just want to say I sympathize. I am a parent of a four-year-old and two-year-old. This is super difficult, okay? But I think to remove the children during the service keeps parents immature, in their parenting. They don't have to train their children. They don't have to worry about teaching their children how to listen, how to sit still, how to sing along when we're singing along. All of that is out of the door because thankfully the Sunday schools got them. Okay? And finally, the family today is already so fractured. It just becomes another thing where the family is split up. The family today, it's, families don't do things together anymore. Families find it hard to be together. Right, you know that, you know, when a family that never spends time together and suddenly when they go on a holiday, then they're together, it's not a holiday. Right, like that one comedian says, the dad's holiday is when he closes the door for his wife and he walks around the car to walk into his side. That's his holiday. When he climbs in, it ends. Because families don't like spending time together. It's like as if it's the biggest punishment to be with your child somewhere. And guess what? Your children can start to, 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 to feel that. Mom and dad doesn't really want me with them. I'm just a burden. I'm just a nuisance. Again, beloved, I'm not saying we should not have Sunday school. I believe we should, either before or after the service. And even, I think it's wise to have a creche for children between zero and four years old. I think that's good and that's wise. All I'm saying is, when children can start to understand the command, obey your parents, which is very early. Alakai and Jordan understands, obey your parents. They understand that, okay? I think at that time, we should start training them to be part of our service, part of our worship, to teach them, listen, worship is important. Worship is, is key. And that's the biggest obstacle to having children with us in the service. It's not the children, It's the parents. Parents don't enjoy worship. How in the world will a child enjoy it? If parents find church a burden, oh, let's just go. We probably just have to do this, right? Because we're Christians. Your child has no chance. Do you see church? So parents, this is a test for us. Do you see church as a privilege beyond your imagination? 
or as something you feel you have to do to check off your religious to-do list. You don't have to come to church. You get to come to church. Do you feel the difference there? We are worshiping a risen king, a king who has died for our sins, who, has, who is reigning on his throne, and he will come again. And church is the first fruit. It's the foretaste of heaven itself. Of course, there's elements of service of the church that's hard, that you have to engage your brain, use your intellect, but that's, that's fine, right? Children should get this picture when they look at their parents. Wow, whatever they are doing, it's important. When it comes to church, this is a holy time for our family. Again, this is hard. If you've never walked with your child out of the door uh, as a surfboard, right, are you even a, a parent? Okay, if you've never done that. So I'm not saying that day one, boom, angels. No, they have sinful hearts. They're going to push back. They're going to, but as we train them over the years, they're going to start catching our worship as well. And even if, to encourage the parents, even if you just make progress, okay, just five minutes. I just want you to be sitting for five minutes. Okay, then that's going to be progress. Well done. All right, clap hands. And all the people that don't have children shouldn't always look, look behind them when there's a little bit of noise in the church. Like, so there's a bit of compromise from both the parents and the people without children. We need to help each other. We need to encourage one another. This is difficult, but we can do this. Imagine what amazing fruit we will reap as a church if we can learn and teach our children from a young age. Worship is important. It's the most important thing for us. Now, that's the side point. Let's consider the main point. Okay, children, your duty before God is simple. Two points, obey and honor. That's the, that's the first point. So the duty is, first, you must obey. Obey your parents. Look at verse one. Children, obey your parents in the Lord, for this is right. So we need to obey. Do, you need to, do I need to explain that to you? Right? Stand up, go somewhere. Yes, mom. Yes, dad. <laughs> okay? It's when a parent gives a command, an instruction, the child must do it. That's simply what it is. But let me help you see the high standard of obedience. There are three elements that's important for every obedience, for it to be true obedience. Okay? And that is that obedience must be right away, all the way and with a joyful heart. So the first element of true obedience is right obedience is right away. Right away. When the command is given, children should start obeying. Okay? Delayed obedience is disobedience. That's the biggest problem with the counting to three method. What you are teaching your child by counting to three is you don't have to obey the first time. I only have to obey when it gets to two and a half or two and three quarters. Then I need to, okay, I need to start listening because, and also, instant obedience becomes especially important when your child is running across the street. Imagine if you want to count to three before the truck drives over your, your child, right? One, two, it's too late. You want to say stop and that child needs to stop. Sorry for that picture. <laughs> I hope I didn't put that picture in your mind. And this is hard because this means that the moment your child doesn't obey you the first time, discipline is needed. Okay, so that this is where the parents must come in. The parents must teach this. I only speak once. I'm not going to raise my voice. 
I'm not going to ask you twice. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to negotiate with you. You are not the parent. And in the beginning, it's going to feel like you give your child a hiding every single moment of their lives, okay? But when there are two and three and four, there's peace. There's peace in the home when you tell the one brother, stop beating your other brother, and they do it, okay? <laughs> so that's, that's so, so important. So parents, expect that. Expect immediate obedience. Don't tolerate delayed obedience. Now, parents, I think you can also teach your child the following skill, and that is the art of appeal. So sometimes parents' commands are unreasonable. Sometimes parents' commands are not wise, or they expect too much from a child. What you need to do is to do this. You, okay, parents need to teach this to their children, but children, you need to learn to do this as well. Is let me say, let's say your parents ask you to go and clean the room. Right? Instant obedience says, yes, mom, yes, dad. And you walk up, you stand up, and you go. But let's say you're just physically exhausted. You just feel you cannot, you feel like you can't do this. Appeal will look like this. Mom, dad, I want to obey you. I'm just incredibly tired. Can I rest for five minutes and then go clean my room? What have you done? You have the heart of obedience while you are appealing for your parents to give you a bit of grace. Now, that's where verse 4 comes in. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger. Don't give such unreasonable commands that your children just feel they can't do it. Okay, we're getting to that in the parent side. But, but here's the hard thing of appeal. Parents need to teach your children, even if you appeal, I still have the authority to say no. Okay, so if your child appeals, praise him and say yes or no. And think about that. So that's the first one. Obedience, true obedience is right away. Secondly, obedience is all the way. It's all the way. Often children start well and then they frizzle out at the end, right? Uh, now, again, you need to think of the age appropriateness of this. Um, um, Alakai, the two-year-old, I ask him to pick up his toys and put it in a box and the first two toys finds its way in and then he is distracted with another toy. I'm just amazed that he did. I'm just like, I love you. You're amazing. Go, okay? But you want to teach this. Listen, you need to obey all the way. Okay, and the last one is, and this is the most difficult one, not just right away, not just all the way, but with a joyful heart. Okay. This is where we all fail. Okay. Even the most religious children, right? Yes, dad. And there's a little bit of a not joyful obedience. Okay. And that's the thing with me. Like my dad said, come clean the garage. Yes, dad. But in my heart, I'm raging. I'm like, no, I want to be joyful. Yes, I want to obey you. And this is where the miracle comes in. This is not something children can do out of their own strength. In comes the gospel. When you say to your child, you have to be joyful. But I can't. I can't stop not being joyful. That's why Jesus came. To change that little heart of yours. That heart of stone. To give you a new heart of joy. I think if we do this rightly, by far the most discipline you're going to do is not with the first or the second, but with the third one. Obedience done with whining obedience done with complaining or they're doing it but they're just almost throwing a tantrum in the process discipline is needed why is that that's how we should serve the lord that's how we should obey the lord psalm 100 verse 2 serve the lord with gladness god commands you not to serve him with a pouting lip not to serve him as if it's a massive burden for you to do what he says he says serve me and enjoy it i command you to do that God, how can you command me to be joyful? Exactly, it's a miracle. 
That's why you need the Holy Spirit, right? But that's still the standard. If you, if you are obeying God with a begrudging heart, something's not right with your heart. You need grace. You need God to change you. That's why, by the power of the Holy Spirit, and parents, I think this is one of the first verses your child should know and memorize, because this verse is meant for children. So what does Psalm 119 verse 9 say? How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to your word. I have stored up, verse 11, I have stored up your word in my heart that I may not sin against you. Children need to memorize these verses to know, okay, if dad and mom say something, this should be playing audible, audibly in their, in their minds. Children, obey your parents. By repetition, you should do that. So that's the first point, right, is how does a duty of the children is to obey. But here's the second word children need to do, and that is honor. So not just obey, but the second key word of the duty of children is that they are to honor their parents. Look at verses 2 to 3. Honor your father and mother. This is the first commandment with the promise, that it may go well with you and that you may live long in the land. My Paul is quoting the fifth commandment of the Ten Commandments, which implies children should know the Ten Commandments. That's another thing parents should be teaching their children, the Ten Commandments. Remember, what's the first four commandments all about? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And the first commandment is the foundation of the other. You shall have no other gods before me. If you do that, you will not take his name in vain. If you have no other gods before him, you will not profane the Sabbath, but you would find joy in worshiping him. That's all part of that great commandment. And the, the second half of the Ten Commandments, the fifth to the tenth commandment, is all about loving your neighbor as you love yourself. And just like the first four, the other six, where the fifth commandment is foundational for the others. You, this is where loving your neighbor begins, by honoring your father and your mother. If you do that, if you honor your father and your mother, you will not commit adultery, you will not steal, you will not murder, you will not covet, because you have learned to submit under authority. You've learned to respect the structures that God has put in place. Right? So that, that, this is a foundational commandment for not just children, but for society. If children can't learn to honor their father and their mother, that's going to start playing out in other areas of life. So if you come across a person... That, generally speaking, is respectful, is hardworking, disciplined, submissive. There's a good chance you owe a lot of debt to their parents. And the other side is true as well. When a child is unruly, doesn't care about the rules, constantly breaks, constantly push against authority, good chance is the parents haven't been disciplining and training that child well. Now, of course, there are exceptions. Of course, there's exceptions, but generally speaking, there's a direct correlation between how, a, how parenting is done and how that child does later in their life. It's just, just a fact of life. And one of the, so what is this honor, right? To obey means something you do externally, and honor is more an attitude of your heart. Obey is an external thing you do, and honor is something you do in your heart. Listen to this attitude in Leviticus 19.32. It says, you shall stand up before the gray head and honor the face of an old man, and you shall fear your God. I am the Lord. We ought to honor even older, every older person among us. We should stand up. We should have a reverence for people out of the fear of God. But if we cannot honor our parents, we will not honor anybody else. 
Now, the word honor comes from the Hebrew, Hebrew word kabot, which is the same word for glory or weight, heaviness. In other words, you treat someone with heaviness, not lightly, not lightly. You treat someone with respect. And, and a good question for us here is how can we learn to do this is to remember who gave you your parents. Who gave you your parents? God did. There is not one authority given in this world apart from God. Romans 13 verse 1, there is no authority except from God, and those that exist have been instituted by God. Now, of course, that means if there is child abuse, either physical or sexual, those parents lose their authority over that child because they are accountable to God. They are accountable to God's law. God has some severe judgments when it comes to child abuse. When people take advantage of children. Listen to Matthew 18 verse 6. Jesus himself says, Whoever causes one of these little ones who believe in me to sin, it would be better for him to have a great millstone fastened around his neck and to be drowned in the depth of the sea. If I read my Bible correctly, God takes child abuse personally. God takes it personally. God has a special place for widows and for the fatherless and those who have been abused or neglected by their parents. He doesn't overlook. He doesn't forget. He will judge and he will punish. And you don't want to be around if someone is judged outside of Christ. But in the vast majority of cases, I would say we're not in that, in that situation. Most of us have no excuse not to obey this command. Now, what is amazing about this command to honor your parents, it doesn't stop when you leave the home. Obey stops. When you leave the home, you no longer have to obey your parents, but you always have to honor your parents. And we base that on chapter 5, verse 31. Just look at chapter 5, verse 31 quickly again. It says, Therefore a man shall leave his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. That Leaving means you are no longer under the authority of your parents. You no longer have to obey them. You are an adult. You, you establish an adult relationship with your parents. When you're married especially, now your marriage is primary. Unfortunately, sometimes in marriage, people have never left. They still listen and obey to their parents, and it frustrates that marriage. But the first step is to leave your, your father and mother, to leave under their authority. But even if you have left, even if you're married, even if your parents have died, to honor them applies always. What does that look like practically? How do you honor your parents practically? Let me list seven ways quickly for us. First, honoring means to have a high regard for your parents. You should have a high regard for your parents. Proverbs 30 verse 17, the eye that mocks a father and scorns to obey a mother will be picked out by the ravens of the valley and eaten by the vultures. It almost sounds like Greek mythology punish, type of punishments, right? But this is, the, this is how God feels when children disrespect their, their, their parents. This is how he feels about that. He's, and look at it, it says, the eye, the eye that mocks. In other words, even in your facial expressions, the way you treat your parents is important, right? The rolling of the eyes, the ah, uh, the, that's dishonoring to your parents if you don't want to listen to your parents. 
Parents, when you see that, especially in your children, right? If they dishonor you by rolling their eyes or by pouting or by disregarding, discipline is necessary. Number two, honoring your parents means not interrupting your parents while they are speaking. Not interrupting your parents while they are speaking. Again, we shouldn't allow thinking thoughts like this. My parents are dumb. My parents are unintelligent. They don't know what they're talking about. I'm not going to listen to this fool. Right? Or whatever. Anything that goes on in your mind that causes you to interrupt, to laugh out loud at your parents' suggestions or ideas, is another way we dishonor them. Number three. Not raising your voice at your parents. Now, some of these things are so basic, but it's good to mention them, right? This is, a, this is what the elder brother did in the, product, in the parable of the prodigal son. Remember what he, how he treated his father after his younger brother came back. Listen to Luke 15, verse 29. But he answered his father, look. Do you, do you already hear that attitude, right? Look, these many years I have served you and I've never disobeyed your command, yet you never gave me a young goat that I might celebrate with my friends. But when this son of yours came, who has devoured your property with prostitutes, you killed the fattened calf for him. Raising your voice at your parents is dishonoring them. Fourth, we honor our parents by being thankful for them. By being thankful for them. Listen, there's no such thing as a perfect parent. Right? You will know. You, you've lived with them. You've seen them in action. <laughs> okay? Yet, have they done nothing good for you? Nothing good? Have they not clothed you? Have they not fed you? Have they not paid for your education? Have they not taught you any lessons, anything worthwhile you can remember? Surely even us with the worst parents can say that they've done something good for us. Thank God for that. Thank God for them. I speak as a parent when my child genuinely looks into my eyes and says, Thank you, donkey. My heart melts like butter in a warm pan. Okay, have you seen how that happens? And I mean, I just made oros. Just oros. It's like, donkey, papa. And I'm like, you are so amazing. <laughs> okay? And I want to say, especially if you haven't done that in a while, you need to do that. Even if it's for one thing. Some of you might need to make a phone call tonight. Some of you might need to call tomorrow. Do that out loud. Don't just think it. Say it. Thank you. Thank you. I'm so thankful for what you did. We can learn this from King Solomon. I love this how Solomon treated his mother. Remember, he was king. He was on his high throne, on his position, in, clothed in glory, in, in his robes. And when his mother came in, he looked at her and, and called her mother. He was a king, but not outside of honoring his mother, right there in front of everybody. That's how we, we honor them publicly. We honor them behind their backs. We, we are thankful for them. Fifth, we honor our parents by including them into our lives, in our lives, especially when we've left the home, right? Frequent communication, frequent photos of the children, frequent FaceTimes or whatever. So the question is, do you only talk to your parents when you need something? Is that the only time they hear from you? Do you only call when you're in trouble, when you need to be bailed out? 
May it not be so. Call them just to hear how it's going. Call them to say you're thinking of them. Call them to say I love you and I want, I'm, I'm, I'm concerned about you. Visit them. If you can visit them, visit them often. Of course, this doesn't mean you should honor your parents above your spouse, right? Not visit them to such an extent that your wife and your husband is contemplating things, okay? No, remember your husband and your wife is primary. So if you are so visiting your parents that your spouse is hating you, that's not good anymore. No, do this with wisdom, right? Your, your, your marriage is primary, but you still have to honor your parents. Number six, we honor our parents by taking care of them in their old age when they can no longer care for themselves. This is so, so important. So financial, financial care, financial support. This is what the Pharisees did with the law, right? They, they were so greedy, they were so selfish that if somebody promised money to the temple to the exclusion of caring for their parents, they would say, that's fine, give us your money, right? Listen to Mark 7 verse 9 to 13. And he said to them, you have a fine way of rejecting the commandment of God in order to establish your tradition. For Moses said, honor your father and your mother and whoever reviles father or mother must surely die. But you say... If a man tells his father or his mother, whatever you would have gained from me is korban, that is given to God, then you no longer permit him to do anything for his father or mother, thus making void the word of God by your tradition that you have handed down, and many such things you do. What happened here was, this, was tragic, right? They would have pledged their money to God, and then suddenly they don't have to give that money anymore to their parents. Probably similar to today's prosperity gospel preachers, right? Using God's word to be rich, to be greedy, instead of obeying God's word. But Jesus is clear, when you refuse to take care of your parents in their old age, you have made void the word of God. You have rejected the fifth commandment. That is a direct violation of honoring your father and your mother. Now, practically, means when they can't take care of themselves, you let them live in the guest house or in the guest room. Or if they are in a frail care, you go visit them often, but you, 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 you provide for that financially. Or it might mean just sending them money on a monthly basis that, they, you, that, you, that, they are, that their needs are met. Now, of course, this is uncomfortable. Of course, this is like we don't want to do this. This is inconvenient for us. But when did we only start obeying God when it's convenient? When did we say, I'm going to follow Jesus until it costs me my comfort and my money? No. This is part of honoring your father and your mother, taking care of them when they cannot take care of themselves. And here's the last way. Perhaps for some of you, the most difficult one is by truly letting go of all bitterness in our hearts. And this is the way you honor them even when they're dead. To let go of the bitterness. You might have had horrible parents. I have heard stories of the most horrific child abuse that I cannot repeat to you. I've heard those stories. And the question is, how do you honor such parents? Well, this is the most basic way. By letting go of your bitterness towards them. And the key is to really believe that their sins against you will be judged. If you don't believe that, if you don't believe that their sins will be judged against you, you are always going to seek justice or take matters into your own hands. You have to let go and trust God has seen, God has heard, 
God was there and he will by no means clear the guilty. By no means. Unless they come to Jesus. Unless they come to Christ. That's the only way they will not be judged themselves. But that bitterness in your heart, that anger in your heart, that unforgiveness in your heart is killing you. It is your disobedience against God. This is the promise. Romans 12 verse 19 is a verse you should be fighting with. Memorize this verse. Put it in your heart. Fight it. Quote it to yourself over and over and over and over again until you feel the power of this verse. It says, Beloved, never avenge yourselves. But listen, listen to this. Listen to this counsel. Leave it to what? To the grace of God? To the mercies of God? What, what should we leave our pain and our suffering towards? To the wrath of God. What a weird piece of counsel. Leave it to the wrath of God. But you see, that's the key. That's what you need to believe. It's those who don't believe that, who believe God won't judge, God won't repay horrific evils one day, that cannot let go of their bitterness. But those who say, listen, God is a scary God. It's a fearful thing to fall into the hands of the living God. And if you have not repented and trusted in Christ, he will deal with your sin perfectly. Because he says, it is written, vengeance is mine. It's not yours. It's not yours to take. God says, it's mine. I will repay, says the Lord. So if you're battling with bitterness, the question is, do you, do you believe this verse? Do you really believe it? That you don't have to punish your parents in your heart. You don't have to punish them with your anger because this promise is in the future, either in Christ, either in hell forever, God will deal with the sin done against me. I am free to love. I am free to forgive. I am free to give my enemies food when they are hungry, even if they may, may be my own parents. Now, I'm not saying just to forget I don't think that's helpful advice as well. Just forget what they did. No, sometimes you just can't forget. It's not always possible, but what you can do is to choose not to allow that past hurt to control you, control your thinking, control the way you live. You don't have to live in that shadow. So that's so, so important. Let go. Look to God's promises. Trust this verse. If you cannot do anything else for your parents, honor them in this way by letting go of the bitterness. Now, do you see why we need the Holy Spirit for this? For all of, for all of these things. Who of us have clean hands when it comes to our obedience? Who of us have said, I have obeyed without fault, right? I have never disrespected my parents, never dishonored them. None of us have. And that's why we need Jesus. That's why we need his grace to forgive us, cleanse us, give us a new heart. And here's the beauty of this, is when you come to Christ, when you repent of your sins and trust in Jesus, you are reconciled to a father who cannot fail you, to a perfect father, a heavenly father that will never leave you, that will never forsake you, will never abuse you, never use you just for his own selfish gain. He will always give and love and discipline. And he promised he works all things together for your good, including your parents. He works that for your good. So come to him.
even if you have imperfect parents, come to the perfect Father through His perfect Son. And He will reunite you, reconcile you to Him. Amen. Let's pray. Father, you know every, everything that happened to us as children. You've, you are an eyewitness of that. You have been there. And Lord, we know that our parents are sinful. Our parents are not perfect. And if we have children ourselves one day, we too will sin ourselves against our children. None of us who can say that we are free from our sin and, and clean but Lord, thank you that we can turn to you in, in faith and trust you for your grace and your mercy. Lord, forgive us for disobeying and dishonoring our parents in whatever way it might be, maybe even in our attitudes, in our facial expressions, or in our lack of care, our lack of attention, our lack of respect, a lack of just regarding them highly and th being thankful for them. Lord, please forgive us for that. And I pray, and Lord, we do want to thank you for our parents. We thank you, Lord, for them. And as we're thinking about them, Lord, I pray that you would give us specific ways in which we can reconcile with them and pursue them and obey these verses. Oh, Lord, bless our, our children. Bless the parents here, Lord. And I pray that we might, as we prayed in the service as well, Father, that we might become a church of healthy, strong families that adorns your beautiful name. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.